0: Alright, to uh, anyone listening, I'd like to welcome you to the first episode, or at least test recording, of the Creature Compendium. This is a brand new podcast where we're going to take a look at the myriad of unique, original species that have been created for, for fantasy and for science fiction universes over the years. We're going to be dissecting a little bit of the significance of these particular species to their worlds and also ours. So, my name is Anthony Lopez. Uh, I've been obsessing over fantasy and science fiction since... I could walk and talk. Uh, Next to me are my two equally fanatical co-hosts.
1: Hey, I'm Gio. Uh, I am also somebody
2: who is able to walk and talk and like uh, science fiction and fantasy. Uh, And I'm Hawkins. I'm your third co-host. And um, I suppose I also like these things since I am here.
0: Perfect. So to break things down a little bit further, we've gone ahead and prepared some research uh, into a particular species from a very popular universe. We've got lots of interesting facts to throw around, but we're also concerned with kind of creating a dialogue where we can discuss the cultural significance of our subject species, not just to the universe in which it exists, but also to our real world and how we see these subjects within our own cultural contexts. So, we're going to be doing our best to have a fair and also representative conversation. Uh, We're aware that some of the discussions here might dive into some sensitive areas, because we are talking about things like culture and whatnot. So, we are going to stay as as respectful as we possibly can to the subject at hand. So, without further ado, the first species that we're going to be taking a look at are the Trandoshans from the Behemoth franchise, Star Wars. So... yeah, so, uh, you know, Hawk, can you give us a little bit of a breakdown as to at least the physical appearance of the Trandoshans, what they look like, and, you know, just sort of that surface level stuff, and we'll dive deeper from there.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so the uh, as you might be familiar, are kind of a lizard people within the Star Wars universe. I think that's kind of the most uh, representative way to describe them as compared to our world, although the big difference being that Trandoshans don't actually have tails, yeah. um, which is kind of a odd change to make considering how often tails do show up in these reptilian type creatures in sci-fi and fantasy worlds Mm -hmm. Um, but they have uh, three digits on their fingers being another large difference Um, they've got kind of scales Um, their skin color I think ranges through like brown, yellow, orange red, Uh, so they've got kind of different looks all over the place uh, in terms of color Um, I think physically that covers a decent chunk of stuff about what really describes them um they don't wear shoes that's also true they do not right. wear shoes the
1: most icon or the, op- the the first time we ever see a trend is is there is we see their feet right it's the scene where they introduce that's the, the bounty hunters oh, right that's a good point and so and so it's like you're actually like you're going from the Whatever that's called, like the the control panels, yeah, the side right. yeah, on the yeah, Star yeah. Destroyer, yeah, right? It's like underneath, and then, and then he like looks up, and it's like Vosk's feet. and He's like, and
2: yeah, he growls at him. Yeah, he growls at him.
0: You're right. I never actually really thought yeah. about the way that they're presented yeah. for the first yeah. time. You see, with their, you see their feet first,
2: yeah, and it's also kind of an aggressive establishment. That yeah. the first time you see them, they're yeah. growling and angry at whatever the Imperial officer. Yeah. Or whatever he is yeah it would be so different if you if you panned up and he's wearing like nice shoes and,
1: like Yeezys and stuff and you'd be like oh it's a completely different thing than these cool like kid. than these claws that kind of intimidate you
0: right and at least in in looking at this i know they're also big like everything i found it's like they're at least two meters tall which is yeah. like a little over yeah. six feet so they're they're like pretty imposing figures which goes into just their presentation as well um but everything that i could find Based off of their appearance and when they started thinking about at least how they are introduced, you know, mm-hmm. it, we first just see Bosk, that one bounty hunter yeah. in Empire, who's there on the bridge. He's kind of part of this slate of scary, weird yeah. individuals. So it seems like maybe what was the concern there is... Is just putting something interesting yeah. to look at on screen. I was gonna say it's
1: like a lot of like like Star Wars when you know before Star Wars like reflexively is like what we look at. Everything's iconic, but but I mean a lot of Star Wars it's just, they just like put costumes together and like fill
0: up. Oh cool, look at, look at this weird robot and now it's like
1: oh IG-88, I love them so much and like, you know
0: right like at the time they're not yeah, concerned yeah. with like the backstory lore. Yeah, it's yeah. more just put something interesting on screen
1: yeah. for yeah. the ten seconds and it's then there. those nerds like us like make a whole thing about it
2: turn it into something bigger mm-hmm. um i don't know if you guys found this as well but um the Oceans also have a subspecies i'm trying to remember what they're called oh um,
0: that's right it's something it's like something lizard yeah. related uh the saurin saurin s-a-u-r-i-n oh. so Wait, there, are,
2: there are subspecies yeah so oh. actually the first time you see the saurin is in episode four there's two yeah, of them in, in the in the in cantina. Cantina. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of just feels like for episode five, when Bosk was showing up, they were kind of just looking for something that was like a little harsher and yeah. like more aggressive looking for a bounty hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like retcon and go backwards and you change mm-hmm. that look and then you're like, oh shit, they look kind of different. And I guess we'll just make that mm-hmm. a subspecies because yeah. now we need these guys to be angrier looking as a general rule.
1: Well, well you say, you say intimidating, but it also like makes me wonder, uh, I guess, I guess the first, the fir- is Bosk the first bounty hunter we see? He is, right? I think so. I think as the yeah. camera pans up yeah. it's so, like that one yeah. imperial officer yeah. who kind of looks up yeah, yeah. and Bosk is yeah. looking down into that little yeah. trench thing. Yeah. So 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 he's he's, he's there to there established not just like his species or whatever like but the whole person of the bounty hunter as a
2: as a, as an idea or whatever. Right, as yeah. like a role within yeah. the Star Wars Sorry, universe. Yeah. Unless we're talking about the digitally altered version of uh, episode 4 ooh, in which boy. we've already seen yeah. Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's that is a good point. What is canon. Right. And I think that's probably a good thing to mention. For those listeners who are very aware of Star Wars lore, you're familiar with the distinction between canon and no, legend. Actually, now. it's
1: canon. It's actually a legend. He's actually not in <laughs> yeah, but, That's
0: what you sound like right now. But I mean, I think that's, that's an important <laughs> distinction to make is that, you know, there were basically 30 years of yeah. Star Wars expanded universe where people were writing books about these characters and coming up with comic book stories and video games and all this stuff. And that really colored how star Wars existed beyond the movies. I mean, it's gotten so big. It is more than just the movies. Did y'all
1: read any of the stories like the, the the novels?
0: Um, there've only been a few that like I've looked at, but I've never actually like taken a deep dive into a lot of them. But again, like it's cool that like, I know the three of us know a lot about star Wars and we've never really gotten into, like, some of the books and, like, heavier material, but you can still know it just by virtue of being around it. Um, But, yeah, as far as this goes, what we're discussing, I I think we're not really as concerned with, like, the distinction between keeping the discussion hard canon or, like, because all of this stuff is useful and has been thirty years of yeah. history for this universe, I think it's all useful.
1: It's also nebulous too, because what d- defines canon can change, like in, a, in in a movie, like the whole like the entire right. thirty years was disappeared, like when when the you know studio took over or whatever, Disney all that shit, right? Yeah,
2: right. I, well, I think that's also interesting for a case with this, where you're looking at a specific species, where you kind of see a re exploration of what the species is meant mm. to be, where mm-hmm. you've got thirty years built up. And then Disney comes in and wipes it all clean, and then what do you want to hold on to for Disney's reinvention of yeah. what the Trandocin species is? Yeah. You can kind of see like what it is about the species that really is a calling card for people, what they like about it, and that's what you hold on to, and you can right. throw the rest of it out yeah, the you window. Yeah, you get
1: to redo the whole thing. I mean, right. this, this, is, this is talking about something else, but isn't there like a Thrawn, like they're doing the Thrawn yeah. comics? So then mm-hmm. basically, like they had that whole thing, that was a big thing, but then, oh, we start over, and now we can just redo that story basically remake it
2: right yeah i mean thrawn is basically the only thing that i have any version of an expanded universe thing for because i've read the comic version of what were basically episode seven eight nine right right. um and it didn't really work in comic form but that's not really the point of this whole thing but Mm -hmm. you can see how they change what thrawn was in the expanded you version of what that character was mm-hmm. versus what he is now in the new canon and timeline is the biggest change but really the character himself is fairly similar mm. you can just re-implement him in a way that makes sense now for how you want to tell the stories of the new star wars world
1: i can't wait for the chiss episode because i want to hear about like the difference between theron and all that shit
0: right yeah it, it that's that's like a very important thing and it's you know no matter what disney says is quote unquote real mm-hmm. you're still going to have so much history coloring what is now canon yeah, right. you know um, so i mean as far as the Oceans go it at least the way they're introduced or bosk at least yeah. is visually very classic villain yeah like something that you can look at and go that's a dangerous thing that i probably should stay away from he's a lizard boy Right, and With big teeth. Right, and also, you know, we know he's part of this slate of bounty hunters. So, mm-hmm. in addition to looking like a lethal thing, we know by occupation he's probably some of the best of the best. Yeah. Which is why Vader himself has assembled him on he's part of it. Yeah. Um. So you know, we talked a little bit about about the physicality. You guys want to dive into a little bit of the Trandoshan history cool. stuff okay. like that?
2: Uh, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, part of Uh, I mean, physically, it's a very imposing figure, but then they kind of dive into that as well with the way that they establish its culture, Mm -hmm. or the Trandoshan people's culture, at least. Um, So we've never really been to their home planet, Trandosha, as far as I could tell, maybe in, like, one of the older books. Uh, But it wasn't something that I knew anything about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But basically what we know about their culture is that they worship uh, a god, goddess, called the Scorekeeper. Uh, So basically they're trying to keep track of... um, how much, I don't know, hunting yeah. it is they can do. I, I was, wasn't was totally clear on what exactly they are keeping score on, but it's really the basis of what makes them so aggressive is that they're trying to rack up this score of points by hunting, by killing, by uh, just being in control of uh, violent situations, essentially. That's how they gain more points. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the society is really based around for the most part.
0: Right, and uh, one of the cool pieces I went to was at least the source book for the role-playing game, at mm-hmm. least the current
2: role-playing game yeah the fantasy flight version
0: yeah exactly so what it kind of dives into it because it has a section on society right and so exactly that there's like this goddess the scorekeeper keeps track of success and failure mm-hmm. in specifically hunts and so hunting for for the Trandoshans it's it's literally dropping a kill um they they count these these kills or these almost points they call them the Jagannath, and so this is something that they're essentially divine marks, and a trandoshan will try to rack up as many as they can across a lifetime. And it almost like other sort of lizard species across science fiction. They don't live as long as humans. They have a little bit of a shorter lifespan, <laughs> yeah. which I don't really know where that comes from, but it's certainly a thing. I
2: don't know. Yeah. Well, do real lizards live for less time? I would guess that's probably where yeah. it comes from, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, they're I know. I know it's like a reptilian yeah. thing and cold-blooded things definitely die sooner. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Right. Um but one of the one of the neat things I think about this this very like religious relationship they have with the scorekeeper uh-huh. is you know at death a Trandoshan is supposed to present their their jagannath like their total, their tally. Jagannath. to the <laughs> to the scorekeeper and depending on their tally that'll determine Almost what sort of rank they get in the afterlife, like what sort of afterlife they'll experience, and it, it's not just that; it's also their status on their homeworld is determined by by their tally. So, you know, really, really well established and hyper lethal Trandoshans will have places in society that are a little more elevated, a little more sought after. Um, one of the cool things, though, is or I. I shouldn't say cool, but I complex things about it is it's not just a building tally. If you screw up in a really big hunt, you can have your score stripped to zero. And it's kind of the, the analogy of becoming undesirable. Witness to me. <laughs> okay. That's exactly.
2: crossing franchises there. Yeah, it's, it's like the, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's strictly that <laughs> we cannot talk
1: about other other franchises
0: oh no we, we absolutely can especially yeah. if it's if it makes sense and i think we're Mediocre. gonna occur exactly mad max is always a good one to reference yeah.
2: Yeah. i guess going forward it probably is good to reference other franchises yeah. actually you should probably disregard most things no, no, i say I,
1: I am just gonna specifically talk about just star wars canon uh, not legends uh and I cannot I cannot talk about Mad Max or no Legends is better.
0: Please disregard all right, Disney. Which one is which? Legends is the old stuff. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's because
2: it's legend. It's not real anymore.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so one of the one of the cool there's like a paragraph in in that source book for the role playing game where it talks about how you know the quote unquote hunt has evolved as Trandoshans are more embedded with this galactically connected society Mm -hmm. so you know when they were in spacefaring it was very kept to actual hunts like killing things but now at least where star wars is currently there's sort of this space to change what the hunt is so if you're you know not all trandoshans are hunters so hashtag not all trandoshans thank you geo thank you
1: that was a layup, wasn't? It? Or that was, a, that was like a what's it called when you pass uh, a setup yeah, a, a layup?
2: Setup. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think layup is correct. Okay, are you yeah. doing basketball yeah, reference? Yeah. yeah that's it's a, a, oh, a sorry.
1: We're we not talking about basketball in on this one.
2: Well, the Trandoshans do play basketball. It's a little known that's, fact that's about true. them. It's well, part how would their universe? Well, they have they play with rocks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dribbling is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, they still keep the traveling rules, but it's it's just hard as hell. Yeah. Really bouncy floors, actually. Oh. They have to wear boots. This is the only time they wear boots. The
1: only time where they wear boots, okay.
2: Um, but yeah, so like the hunt has evolved.
0: So if you're if you're a Trandoshan who's, let's say, a doctor, your hunt might not necessarily be for bodies. Ah. It might be you're searching for some sort of cure for an affliction that affects the Trandoshan people. Mm. Or, you know, in some at least more rare case for Star Wars, let's say you are a very wealthy Trandoshan, you know, basically born into, into high status – your hunt can be philanthropic pursuits, right. so giving back in a way and making life better for other Trandoshans. Okay, that's an interesting question then, because yeah. you,
1: you talk about like uh, born into high, like, like what, what is there like a like a class structure in in
0: Trandoshans? Do they have like yeah? And a lot of it also seems like it's built out of a more the more traditional mm-hmm. sense of how successful you might be in a hunt. Yeah. So you know your your family, your lineage might be known for these really impressive kills and it might be either mm-hmm. big game or taking down valuable targets throughout yeah. the galaxy. But if, you, if you're if you enjoying and benefiting from their success, you don't necessarily have to go down that route. But within Ocean society, you've already got a leg up. Like people are already interested in what you're doing. You haven't had to earn that yourself.
1: Right. So it's, it's like a more meritocratic or at least, you know, I, I, in their religion that's what they believe
0: right yeah. right and it's yeah i think that's an important distinction is that it fits right into their their belief system yeah, right. they they go hand in hand
2: yeah i'd be curious to see uh, through the course of star wars how uh, steady that holds because i know like bosk is really the trandoshan that we know the best obviously being like the big bounty hunter that yeah. we see on camera right um uh, but like throughout the expanded universe chewbacca is known to be like his rival that bosk repeatedly goes after and repeatedly fails to get um but obviously bosk is like someone that we know to have a strong reputation and so within this system like does he still have that reputation despite like getting into these events with chewbacca and letting him escape like more than once like is bosk someone that we're not aware is actually like a discredited like Trandoshan? like can he not go back to their home planet because Everyone's like, oh you suck, you can't catch Chewy. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe he's like an exit or like he's in permanent, like uh, like he just has to chase him because he failed or whatever. But like it never feels like yeah, that. Yeah. It always feels like Bossk is like, oh shit, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, guy's yeah, a, a badass.
0: Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I, I feel like just based off of this system and I I would almost say that just based off of the facts, the fact that, you know, there have been these storylines, if he goes after him and he can't get them. And we'll we'll dive into a little more about the the Wookiee Trand Ocean history, but I would almost say, if I didn't know who Bosk was, this is someone who, on paper, I would say, is ping-ponging left and right, up and down, you know, like, maybe they're really successful, but then they are disgraced for a while. And they'll come back with something big, and it's like, okay, well, when are you going to go after the thing that, that, you know, brought you down?
2: Yeah. Uh, My other guess would just be that the way the expanded universe worked in the past, they didn't necessarily have a lot of oversight and, uh, like, cohesive narrative, so uh, my guess is that that sounds really good, and I, I wasn't aware of a lot of the nuances of how that the sort of structure in the society worked and how they gather points, like, despite not being hunters necessarily. And that's all really fascinating stuff that I think probably just wasn't necessarily followed all the time.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's the big thing about lore, and I mean, basically, this is like a lore podcast. We're just talking about, like, the lore of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, lore just is, like, it just builds, you know, and no, nothing is really cemented until, you know— It kind of gets repeated and repeated throughout, you know, different iterations or, you know, and then then that kind of like starts to define the
2: species or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a world like Star Wars, there's just so many people working on it. It's so big that there's going to be things that just don't work canonically because someone else wasn't aware of what you were doing. And so things are just going to cross each other up and not make sense in the end.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if either of you have shared this sentiment, but Star Wars... I mean, we know Star Wars is one of the biggest franchises and kind of universes out there. But I feel like in terms of even the stories that are told about Star Wars, it's almost antithetical to what Star Wars is to tell these small, intimate stories. You know, Star Wars really rooted in like the blockbuster and these big mainline storylines. And I think about something like Mass Effect. Right. And Mass Effect, you know, it, it's about saving the universe and the galaxy and stuff like that. But I think the interactive nature of it being a video game lets you dive into some of those incredible nuances yeah. with these yeah, other characters sure. who are it's, aliens. It's
1: also more like, well, in Mass Effect, it's more like actual like sci-fi, where, where Star Wars, you know, it's like a space fantasy thing. Right. It, has, it has the genre of fantasy, where it's not really so much about the, de- the, the details and, and that. It, it's more like... Just the big strokes of things, and right. you kind of get impressions of, of things. Like that, like Bosk is an impression of like this this bounty hunter. It's a trope of of, of th- this species, and then that gets built out because of you know uh, just because of the universe becomes so big.
0: Right, right, and that, that's also a tough thing too because we we talked about how you know when characters like Bosk or IG-88 are introduced, it's it's just to have something on screen yeah. that that works visually. But I think for something to work quickly in a visual medium you kind of have to play into stereotypes yes, yes, you know yeah, yeah, and sure. and it's uh, one of the things that i kind of go back and forth on when i you know when i just read about a species in in star wars at least a lot of their physical description and their psychological description seems to fit one archetype. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think that changes wildly between, like, what was happening during episode five versus, like, what you put in episode nine now. Yeah. Like, at that time, they had no idea what this franchise meant. and So, like, you're just, oh, this is the costume I can find. Let's just throw this on this guy. Whereas now in episode nine, you know, 30 years later or whatever it is, like, these people, like jj abrams is very conscious of like what this world is that he's working in and so when you create a character neil scanlan is probably who creates the characters not Mm -hmm. jj um but you know exactly what everyone is going to look at and this is there's going to be this visual dictionary that comes along with the movie and so people are going to see all these details about it and so every character has to be like more thought out versus where bosk was when you released episode five and it just had to represent oh this is a scary bounty hunter now it's like oh well it this character might represent something in the movie, but also they have to have a backstory to them that we can follow along with because that's what the nerds want to do. Yeah, those fucking
0: nerds. (laughs) Right. And one of the funniest little, like, almost factoids about the Trandoshans comes from Bosk. Like, this, Mm -hmm. this whole idea that part of his costume is a recycled, a recycled Doctor, Doctor Who, Who yeah which is just an adaptation yeah. of a flight suit that the Royal Air Force used. Yeah. And so there's there's almost this this multi-purpose uh, thing we see from at least productions and how they yeah. used to be. You know, every time you make a blaster now for Star Wars, it's never existed before. All the blasters in episode 4 were weird mashups of World War 2 pieces mm-hmm. that you know, if you look at them, you can tell, yeah. okay, that's a Sten submachine gun or whatever. Which is, which is
1: what Star Wars originally was. It's just a mashup of World War yeah. II and also, like, uh, space fantasy wizards and shit. You know what I mean?
0: Right, right. But I, I just think it's so interesting. Like, in, like space. We, in space. In yeah. space. Like what you were saying, that everything now that is made for Star Wars is so calculated. Yeah. And it has to clear with Disney. We can't just throw anything in. Whereas When they're making episode five, it's probably
2: just like, "All right, yeah, that looks good. I guess we'll deal
0: with the name later." Yeah, Yeah.
2: which I mean is how you get back to the like the Sauron subspecies because it's just Mm -hmm. like we're adjusting the mask just enough so that it's something different. But then in retrospect, when you're looking at this, you know, ten years down the line, and you're like, "Oh my god, Star Wars is huge! Like, why why are these like so close but actually different Mm -hmm. enough to feel like a different species?" Yeah, you get to retconning and stuff. Oh, this is actually just a subspecies or whatever.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Is it cool if we jump into the into the Wookiee Trandoshan backstory type stuff? Because I I actually didn't know almost how complex it was. Was this stuff like that you guys found as well?
2: Well, I guess it depends kind of what part you're looking at. It seems like there's variations that I was finding online Mm -hmm. about, you know, where this whole thing originated and how deep it gets. But I'm guessing whatever you found uh, is going to be the most interesting, just given what you offered about uh, the way that the, the point scoring system works with the scorekeeper. Sure.
0: Yeah, uh yeah, let me just jump right into it. So, uh the Trandoshan planet, you know, it, they refer to it as uh, dosha, the, right? Yeah, so it's it's like commonly called dosha. The trend call it hiscor, which Oh, scroll. can you say that again? Hiscor. It's H S S K O R.
2: There are no apostrophes in this.
0: There are no apostrophes. And how does it Star Wars have no apostrophes? I don't know. It it seems sacrilegious. My, my, my,
1: my literal like Star Wars RPG character is a regular word with an apostrophe <laughs> in it. I thought that's what makes a Star Wars character. Star Wars. Right, just throw apostrophes, apostrophes all over the place, yeah. and all of a sudden, that's it's how like, you do sci-fi. You know?
0: Right. So so right. They they call it hiscor. You know, in the Trandocean language, yeah. and uh, in in fitting with this idea that they are a lizard people, their language to human ears just sounds yeah. like like hisses Harking, and snarls. Yeah. And there's they can speak Galactic Basic, which for people who don't know is basically just English. Yeah. Um, they can speak Basic, but it, there's a lot of sibilance. There's a lot of ro- like classic lizard-like rolling on s's and you know holding vowels and things like that. So it sounds you know yeah. snake-like almost. But one of the interesting things about their home planet is they they exist in the same system as the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk. Yeah. And, you know, we saw Kashyyyk in episode three, and it's probably a better known, like, secondary planet just because, you know, that's where Chewbacca's from yeah. and stuff like that. But so their history with the Wookiees, it goes something like this. The Trandoshans, as they become, you know, more spacefaring and things like that, they, they send a scouting mission to Kashyyyk. And Kashik is this incredibly dense, forested planet that's also insanely dangerous. The Wookiees basically live by living in the trees.
2: And as I understand it, the Trandoshan planet is also very jungley and dense.
0: Yeah, it's also mm. a, a very dangerous place, and I think that's why the Trandoshans have evolved to be such lethal killers that value, you know, their own their own life over right. others yeah. and hunting things is because you know, food chain there they, yeah. get, they gotta they gotta maintain. Um, so, anyways. They send the scouting mission to Kashyyyk, and it's, it's you know, it's just to check resources and things like that. They have no idea that the Wookiees live here. The Wookiees completely misinterpret the intention of the scouting mission, and they basically murder them. They just brutalize them, do awful things to them.
1: Awkward.
0: Yeah, really awkward. Yeah. You know, It's most you-
1: awkward first contact ever.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's just... You know, I'm having flashbacks to Mass yeah. Effect Andromeda, right. where it's like you first see an alien and you just blow them away. Yeah. And it's like this kind of counteracts. Liam,
2: why did you do that?
0: <laughs> it just it, it's so tough because it counteracts like what Star Trek since the 60s has been saying is the oh, prime directive. This is, this is
1: so good. I did actually have this I wanted to talk about. We could, we could say this for later, but like the, the the biggest parallel for me is the Gorn. Okay. Yeah, which is a a lizard dude. And the whole episode is about, like, uh, communication between two species.
2: This is Star Trek, the original series,
1: right? With Shatner. Yeah, with Shatner. This is the famous scene where the
0: dude fights the corn.
2: That's the one with the big fake rock, Yeah, with the big fake rock, and he makes a bazooka.
0: They're, like, fighting on the beach or wherever.
1: Oh, Monument Valley.
0: Oh, is that where they shot it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just, like, you know, mesas and shit. deserts. I actually didn't know it was shot there, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but anyway, like you talk about the first, I guess I guess it's 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 pertinent because of it's, it's a good transition into it. I guess it's a little digression, but like the episode is about how uh, they both they both misunderstand each other because uh, the the Enterprise goes to investigate because this their colony was attacked, mm-hmm. but actually the colony was overstepping their boundaries. If I remember correctly, okay. So they were like basically building a a colony in their space. It was, it was to them it was an act of transgression, right? Where and, and then. Enterprise, they see it as an act of transgression because their colony was destroyed. Similar to the the Wookiee Trandoshan thing, right? And the whole point of the episode is that they're, they're fighting. It's called Arena. They're fighting against each other, the two captains of the ship, and then they're like fighting to to the death to to like uh, for the amusement of some gods, basically some Star Trek gods, okay, which is like a highly advanced species, but it's basically a god thing. That whole thing of like you can't tell yeah, magic yeah, yeah. is technology yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's so right. Basically, so the whole the whole point of that. Uh, scene is or the whole point of the episode is basically like uh, Kirk assumes that he's a hostile species because of how he
0: looks as you know he's a, mm. he's a scary alien but he's a star trek
1: he's a starship captain so he's highly intelligent you know he he has to have at least they're essentially on like a, yeah, a, a one-on-one level the, yeah they're the same level but you you assume hostility with the species mm-hmm. because of how they look right and, and obviously the end of result the the, the 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 finish of the the episode is that uh, he doesn't kill the corn. He, like, realizes, oh, you know, I'm going to not kill this thing. I'm not going to fight out to the death mm-hmm. this hostile species, uh, what I think is hostile, and then they start to communicate.
0: Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Is- yeah, I mean, it's, that makes perfect sense. I think that's a really interesting point that, at least for Kirk's character, it's like, well, this mm-hmm. thing looks bad, so it is yeah. bad. And,
1: and I don't know if any, if any, like, it seems like one of the first, like, the most iconic lizard sci-fi creatures yeah
0: i mean there are people who will drop it like in as a gif response you know just because it's oh the one returns yeah just because it it looks humorous and you know it was made in the 60s so it it looks ancient almost
1: for the record uh podcast listeners you can't see this but i did the the gordon turn (laughs) yeah he did i I had to say that because i I feel like i did nothing (laughs) yeah it's an audio
0: medium no one no one saw it um but yeah i mean that 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 all makes perfect sense, and I think, you know, whether or not that's what happened, but the Wookiees do that to yeah. the Trandoshans. I think the Trandoshans are seen as like this this aggressor, even if it's just for landing or for physical appearance, they're they're killed, right?
2: Right. So when you read about this, just like in what medium did you find this information? Because like the first contact is like a really fascinating yeah. thing that you get in sci-fi a lot of the time. But it feels like in Star Wars, in this particular instance, it's kind of just been relegated to, oh, this is lore. You can read it in this back yeah. paragraph here.
0: Yeah. So this was also just another really good pull from the, the role-playing source book, the Fantasy Flight yeah. thing. And it's, you know, it, it's like a in a side. You know, sandwiched between mm-hmm. the Wookiee character yeah. entry and the Transocean character well, entry, th-
1: that's one of the um, like almost like the fine things about Star Wars is that everything is kind of coexisting. It's a very lived-in world, right? Where everything is kind of there's like a lot of implications of what what happened before. Mm-hmm. Like like Han so like our, our our intro to this the 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 world is Luke, mm-hmm. who lives in a world where there's like all this stuff, but he's like sheltered. And, right. s- and so he goes into places where everybody, oh, they already assume, oh, we know about the Wookiees' backstory and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And so, like Han Solo explains everything, and Luke is like, I don't know anything about anything. I'm- yeah,
2: or I mean, he doesn't explain things, and it just works because yeah, yeah. we can understand it. Yeah. You, you, no you, right. get, you, get, you get the implication that there yeah. is things because he doesn't explain. Things. It's like right, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. right. Although, does the Wookiee Trandoshan thing ever really come up on screen, or is that gonna, something yeah. we just know about not, by not being necessarily
0: within the main movie entries? Yeah. which is
1: interesting because it's like one of the most famous things about. Like Trandoshans in that species, but it's not in Star Wars. like, right. like This movies. is all
0: just external, yeah. like things that have been yeah. built up over yeah, again. And I, those I, and I was
2: How do I know that when I never, I don't know where it came from? Yeah. Now that we've brought this up, I have no idea, like, how yeah. I found mm-hmm. this little thing yeah. out. But, like, that's so essential to, like, what I know about the Trandoshans yeah. is, like, they're big and scary. And, oh, they, they, they hunt yeah. Wookies. They have a thing against Wookiees.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that even elevates them in the cultural zeitgeist to people that know star wars it's like these things are important because they're affiliated with the wookies who are chewbacca you know this is one of the big characters and it's like oh and the lizards hate him and want to kill him but
2: chewbacca's chewbacca and he never dies to a trandoshan um well, I think one of the other interesting things about this is that talking about how the first contact goes, the Wookiees shred these Trandoshans. Mm-hmm. And like to look at both of these species, the Trandoshans and the Wookiee, they're both huge, imposing physical figures. Oh
0: yeah, it's actually, and there's more here, which is really incredible. And so it's, okay, so this, this first contact goes really wrong. Trandoshans escalate and every scouting mission thereafter has military assignments to it. So it becomes a sort of thing where, you know, they're kind of keeping the Wookiees at bay, but the Wookiees aren't. Uh, I mean, the Trandoshans think they're savages. They think they're barbarians, yeah. right? But. The Wookiees really aren't. It's a very, very complex society on yeah, its no. own. So what the Wookiees do is they essentially reverse engineer the tech from all of these scouting missions that they've taken down, including the first one. And they're able to tap into the Trandocean like military network, essentially. And so after having this insight, the Wookiees are able to coordinate and just absolutely overrun. Every single Trandoshan scouting mission that comes, regardless of the military accompaniment, which is crazy, but you know they are on on Kashyyyk. This is the Wookiees' home turf, right. so to speak. You mm-hmm. know they know exactly what they're doing at home.
2: Do you know like where in the Star Wars timeline this falls? Because yeah, I, I only ever know if this is like the Trandoshans dominating the Wookiees as the species within the expanded universe knowledge that I have.
0: Yeah, and this is sort of hard to pinpoint, but this is this seems this seems to happen. Not like it's ancient history. Like this is something more recent within what we see in the movies. Like I'd say, almost within a hundred years, that would be my fair bet, just based off of like char-
2: pre-episode one.
0: Yeah, and just based off mm-hmm. of characters that become involved in this ordeal, it's got to be that. So, so the Trandoshans, you know, they basically can't get into Kashyyyk because the Wookiees are kicking their ass. Mm-hmm. So, what the Trandoshan government does, you know, their their higher authorities, they go to the Galactic Senate. They go to the Galactic Senate and the Republic, and it seems like the Trandoshans haven't been active in, in you know, the Galactic Senate and yeah. participating in the galaxy's government. Um, they get there and they find out that the Wookiees have beaten them there,
1: and that the <laughs> Wookiees
0: are actually the first to establish representation for their star system, and you you know, like what I mentioned earlier, they exist within the same star system. So right now, the Trandoshans have no representation. The Wookies basically have all the clout, and they have painted the Trandoshans to the galaxy as a menace. Yeah. The Trandoshans don't know what to do other than escalate warfare. Sure. So, as you do, yeah. Ryan. Right? Lean yeah. into it. Yeah, lean into it. Right. No one likes us. Everyone thinks we're evil. We, j- you know, this is something that. They were aggressors upon us yeah. initially. No, we're going to try to kick their ass if no one's going to help us. Sure. Yeah. The Republic sends peacekeeping forces that basically keep the Trandoshans in check. And nothing happens for the Trandoshans. They're essentially locked out of representation, and they can't get any progress against the Wookiees. And so Animosity is building. And then you have Palpatine. And Palpatine comes in. He's, you know, oh, when... Oh, yep,
1: okay, okay.
0: As he comes to power. It's, it's making sense. Yeah. So, you know, Valorum. And that's, that's,
1: that's why the Trandoshans become so allied with the Empire. Exactly. Okay.
0: So, you know, Valorum is kicked out. All of a sudden, Palpatine becomes the chancellor. He Damn. grants the Trandoshans an audience, and they kind of reach this deal. The Trandoshans will have representation in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And As in media, more, more, uh, you know, more Trendocean
1: faces, and you know, in in media, that didn't go well. I think there's still only the one Trendocean on screen in any <laughs> of true. the movies, right? Well, I mean, that's better than before when there was no Trendoceans and they were always
2: just portrayed evilly. <laughs> they're still evil, I think, in uh, all forms of media. Hmm. Yeah, they're still the bad lizard people. Well,
1: what about that movie where, where you know about like where, where the Trendocean like starts a, a business and with his family, Yana? You know?
0: Uh, which one's that? Bosque Baby.
1: Oh, Bosque
0: Baby, of course. Yeah,
1: you know, with the family of of the Trandoshans.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, the lead uh, Trandoshan is voiced by <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: yes, there's a Steve Buscemi Trandoshan in that one too. I'm pretty sure. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you know,
0: uh, this was this won the Academy Award for Best Picture, right?
2: No, they relegated to animated. They were yeah. cowards about the whole thing. Mm,
0: yeah. Right. The Academy's not very progressive. It's, 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 it's the Wookiee lobby. They just... <laughs> Big Wookiee. You know I mean? Big Wookiee. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, the Trandoshans get representation, but the the catch for them is, at this time, there have been a lot of uh, Wookiee rebellions on Kashyyyk. Oh. The empires tried getting in there and like siphoning their own resources, because clearly Kashyyyk is a very resource-rich planet. Palpatine basically tells the Trandoshans, if you are able to capture, uh, imprison uh, Wookiees, and then give them to us for slave labor, you'll have your representation. And so, you know, it's sort of this horrible, horrible deal where you're basically trading in uh, lives, Mm -hmm. right, of a particular people so that your government can kind of have clout in the global arena, And this gets into, you know, one of the things that we've also seen in Star Wars media, the fact that the Wookiees, you know, at the time of, you know, the dark times, pre-episode four, episode four, and on, really, the Wookiees are taken advantage of as slave labor. You know, they're really strong, they're really hardy, they live for a god-long time, you know, someone like the Empire sees them as the perfect things to use as just manual labor, and already they're... They're insurrectionists against the Empire. Why not do this? And it's crazy because you see this in, what is it, Star Wars Rebels. You know, really early on, there's a storyline about freeing uh, Wookiee slaves. And even in Solo, for God's sakes, that's part of the thing when they get to to the Kessel mines is Chewbacca is conflicted because he's on this mission, has his life debt to Han, but he sees his people are, are suffering. Yeah. And it's crazy because looking at all of this, it's this whole conflict that is like, you know, why the lizard people hate Chewbacca. It's also why Chewbacca's people are very, very quickly one of the more disenfranchised groups when you're talking about the atrocities of the Empire.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of interesting to see in the Star Wars world, there's very little gray space. And so like the way this confrontation starts out between the Wookiees and the Trandoshans does feel very gray, but rapidly you can kind of see them just kind of flip the switch to black and white because once the Trandoshans start resulting like... Falling back on making the Wookiees into slaves. This isn't a gray situation anymore. No, you just goes started back to
1: the whole trope thing where they're just like kind of embody like this idea of like slaver species. Exactly,
2: and then the Trandoshans are evil yeah. because they look like they're supposed to be evil, yeah. and they're being evil. They're getting slaves. I mean, yeah. there's nothing redeemable about yeah. slavers. And
0: yeah. I, th- I think it's even crazier because before they go from gray to just like the dark evil characters. Yeah they're the ones who have nothing. Yeah. They're the ones who have no representation in government. And, you know, yeah. they are... i woke
1: now, dude. I had no idea about this whole thing about uh, uh, Trandoshans.
2: <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, because it's all, it's all stuff that happens off-screen, off-camera. Yeah. Like, right. if you just watch the movies, you never have any idea about this. It's no. just the Trandoshans are evil, and the thing that kind of uh, phases through out of the expanded universe that you know is that they're slavers of the Wookiees. Like, you don't really capture the rest of this information that we're getting now, mostly from the RPG guidebook. Like, we just sort of understand them to be pure evil because yeah. that's what's easy to understand especially in a world like star yeah. wars mm-hmm. yeah and
0: uh, you know it's we know that this is from one particular source and i think part of the cool thing about a fr- uh, you know a franchise like star wars is there can be it's almost like this is a mythical retelling of what happened. Sure. Like there's probably so many different takes and those are, you know, we can justify those like different authors who aren't on the same page about how this happened, but mm-hmm. at least within this context and this source it's like okay that that's complicated. That's really it, like I, I I don't know how to feel. Well, about Well,
1: also that. the interesting thing about this, is that there can be like ambiguity because it's like a history, like basically legend at this point because mm-hmm. it seems like it's like telling retelling of stories. You can have somebody else interpret it differently. Like you're saying, oh, the the landed at first, and then they were attacked. Like how do you like that? That's like Italian from one side. Maybe yeah. maybe the first contact, the, the oceans were being you know aggressive as well, and then the wikis were defending themselves. And like all we know is that. They had contact. The Wookiees won, and but and you can basically have it interpreted different ways. Right. So if you want, like, if the author wants to change tweak it a bit, it could be like, oh, you know, it, it went it went like this and went like that, mm-hmm. and so you can have that um, ambiguity in 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 the history of a character or a species. Actually, more interestingly, and then you can you know have that change with 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 the, with the characters.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's also kind of interesting in that like reading through my own version of what I've seen of these events, like mm-hmm. it does it doesn't come across exactly that way, but it's a very similar sort of origin story. But the way that this is being told, it feels like it's from the Wookiee perspective almost because Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're the ones being beat up. Yeah. But also we're still seeing how like there is gray space for the Trandoshans. Like there is like the Trandoshans went there and they were, who got murdered by the Wookiees. And like what, it's interesting that the Wookiee story would be that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it,
0: It almost feels like a lot of this is—and we know Palpatine is essentially a a conspirer, and so he's pushed and pulled the galaxy to his whim. So it's like, uh, I'm curious how much of this is almost him flexing hard and, you know, giving the Trandoshans no other option. The Trandoshans who—I mean, I don't know. I could see that being a space as if you're you're a representative of your planet, basically, not being okay with this deal— but you've got your own internal pressures to secure that, right. you know, for the first time. It's yeah. like, okay, well, what, what do we do, you know? And it, this also gets a little weird because you, you, we're not just person to person or Trandoshan to human. It's, it's literally every living thing against the Sith Lord, yeah. which is, you know, kind of makes it uglier. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's messy, which is I'm not used to for Star Wars. For Star Wars, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, did you guys find anything else that was, like, really interesting and trying to dive into, uh, not just the history, but, like, just about the Trandocians in general?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, th- the thing basically that I got from from, from watching that episode of, Clo- or the two episodes of Clone Wars uh-huh. that, that I realized I didn't like. Well, which episodes were they? Uh, Padawan Lost, and I forgot what the other one was. The, this is, cars, like, season three, right? Season three okay. of uh, Clone Wars. Was that there is a, a family dynamic because the the whole the whole episode is like they they catch some padawans, some younglings. They call them younglings. I don't I don't understand the difference. <laughs> I
2: think that's like because I think a padawan has to be an apprentice of yeah, someone. Yeah. The younglings are just, just like generic students yeah. of no one in particular. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, so they, they capture younglings,
1: and then you know they kind of do a whole hunt in this moon, and the whole moon is basically like you know a, a, a you know game preserver or whatever okay. a safari. And the whole thing is that this the father is like grooming his son to be, a uh, you know a, a hunter as well, and there's actually like a, a family dynamic between between trandosians, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's interesting because you don't usually get that with like reptilians, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's right. I mean, that cold blooded. You feel yeah, like they're more distant. Exactly. From each other. That's usually what the trope is. You don't. You know. You you have you know uh, hatchlings or whatever, and they kind of go on their own, but this one there's there's an actual like father-son dynamic and there's like family dynamics in in this culture
0: right right Right. which is cool i mean because like the stuff i was reading it's it's uh you know when when the trandoshans are born the at least what i saw father figure is not present yeah they're able to kind of sustain for themselves and you know the mother will take them on the first hunt when they're like around two years old but by the time they're 10 they're they're Mm -hmm. self-sufficient they can they can do everything on their own but but you're right, I mean, and who knows, maybe it's that's... Also, yeah, is
1: also just one family. You know I mean? Right,
0: exactly. Like, they can easily not conform yeah. to, at least what the book is writing, right. is, like, the generalization of, mm-hmm. of Trandoshan culture. But... Um, like that's interesting to see that there is there's is that other yeah. take of it yeah. but but the interesting thing' is
1: they, they act as if it's normal Nobody, no it doesn't seem irregular it seems like it's just a normal thing for our father to to have us like a you know familiar relationship with the son and have like a mentorship thing
2: right totally totally well, as long as we're talking about family stuff I think my favorite thing that I found when looking this up mm-hmm. was the, I, I guess at some point uh, during the Canon it, it feels like an inconsistent thing within the yeah. expanded universe but Kradosk is bosk's father who runs the bounty hunters guild oh Um, and at some point there's a story written about boba fett joining the bounty hunters guild Uh, and of course when this happens there's a big celebration and during the celebration kratos demands that bosk come in and perform the lizard dance oh boy because i guess they just call themselves lizards still like apparently like this book was so lazy like within the expanded (laughs) universe (laughs) there's just like it's not even the trandoshan dance it's the lizard dance
0: (laughs) <laughs> that's like us saying hey perform like the ape dance yeah. or y- you know
2: yeah i mean it's definitely not not great but like i, I don't know that that really falls in line with your yeah. family thing too much but it was, I mean, but like... there, is, there is a there is a relationship between the two it's not yeah. like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, i mean
1: even like, if it's a good or bad i mean there is a, a family relationship
2: yeah it feels like it's kind of building on like uh inheriting like from yeah. your family and like you're talking about how the not, it's not a class system but like the different groups of people within yeah, you're about, like, society system, like yeah. work together yeah, yeah. And right like they live like in the, the actions states. of your of your forefathers yeah. and you know your your mother
0: and father before you yeah. color how you come into this world of course right Yeah, it's
1: interesting it's not something you would associate with like lizard uh, cultures and media and like having that uh, relationship with the
2: uh, family yeah or dancing yeah, I don't think dancing. you associate dancing <laughs> with lizards at all either Well, yeah. argonians yeah <laughs> Please don't bring up Argonians. That's gotta that's, be saved for later. That's a whole
0: other can of worms that, <laughs> that we can. That's, that's those episode. those
1: Argonians. They
2: can't dance, with.
0: Yeah, there's a whole book series. There's a whole book series. There's a whole them. book we'll series. Get, we'll get to that. We'll later. get there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, th- okay, I think God, I hope that's not like a recurring thing where we we call back into like oh, Jesus <laughs> what's the Argonian meets. Um <laughs> Jesus. So it it seems like we understand at this point. How the Trandoshans exist to Star Wars? Yes, you know they're they're seen as like these aggressive, you know reptilian, untrustworthy killers. Basically,
2: they're slimy, yeah.
0: right? Not Physically, right? No, but not, yeah, not they're, physically. They're, 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 they're
2: like
1: reptiles are cold, you know. It's like, yeah,
2: sure. They don't seem like they have a slimy. Well, yeah, but I think like frogs are cold-blooded, right? Okay, okay. Well, well, they're, they're definitely. Well, slimy. they're they're amphibians. Okay. I, said, I, I suppose so. Alright. I don't know anything about this actually. <laughs> <laughs> Too defensive. Yeah.
0: So right. So I think we can all agree that the oceans to Star Wars, they're they're bad.
2: Yeah, they're I mean they're definitely presented as villains. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. slavers, yeah. Slavers are not redeemable in really any form. Yeah.
0: Okay. So if you were suddenly turned into a Trandoshan. And you existed in the Star Wars universe.
2: Okay, so we do an RPG, and I already exist in this form, just so everyone's yeah. aware.
0: R- okay, and right, RPG role-playing game, for those of you that may not, <laughs> may not know. <laughs> Who would listen to this and not know what RPG <laughs> means? Fair, fair point, fair point. Okay, so that's actually a good point. Is there anything you can talk about, like, at least why you initially picked yeah, yeah. that I mean, character? I was, I'm curious about that. Okay, so
2: the... Single, I mean, being big and brawny and strong is pretty nice, but I think a single thing that I'm hoping to get to as a Trandoshan player, like the cinematic moment that I want is one of these physical traits that we haven't actually covered yet for Trandoshans is that you lose a limb and they <laughs> regenerate kidding. with Trandoshans, which is great <laughs> because I just keep waiting for that moment where like something's happening. I can, I don't know, like throw my gauntlet, my hand yeah. on top of a grenade or something or <gasps> yank it through a door and it'll get lopped off and i get to save everyone but like you know i lost a limb but that definitely hurts but it's gonna come back it's it's fine and that's kind of like for me like playing as an individual trandoshan yeah. outside of the evil slaver world yeah. that's the biggest appeal to me is that i can have my limbs return after a time after sacrificing a chunk of myself well
1: the interesting thing is you can play against the, the, the culture of, of, of you know your species
2: yeah that that's what i was gonna say
0: because I- at least for me, if I were if I were picking, like, a new character mm-hmm. to play, right, I feel like the allure for the Trandoshan would be big, aggressive, can kill things yeah. without necessarily ever holding a weapon. Because, yeah. you know, they've got the clawed fingers and everything like that. Yeah. Like, they can brawl the fuck out of a place, as we've seen you do as yeah. your Trandoshan character. Yeah. So, I think for me, it's 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 interesting to hear that that was like the singular pull, like being yeah. able to regenerate a lost yeah. limb. Because, you know, as a mechanic, that's really, really cool. Yeah. But I also love that with your character, I'm going to drop the name. Your character's name is Droll6, right? It's a good lizard name. Yeah. Great Droll6 lizard name.
1: Apostrophes in there somewhere.
0: But as Droll6, you, you're not the aggressive type. Yeah. You are essentially like, granted, a little underworldy. But you are sort of this self-made businesswoman yeah. who,
2: you know, lives and dies on her own reputation. More,
1: more subtle than straightforward. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, as we're playing characters like Star Wars on screen, as we've talked about it, it's kind of black and white. It has to be more archetypal. It has to be easier to follow. But as a player doing the RPG, it's a lot easier to find that gray space. Yeah, And so we do tend to find that. Um, and so it's kind of nice to play a character that would typically be just straight evil, and you can kind of find a little more nuance in there and make yourself not just pure evil.
0: Right, right. Which, I mean... Yeah, I think as we're playing through it, we, we don't necessarily fall into those those tropes of, I'm the bad lizard. Yeah, because
2: yeah, that's not as fun to do when you're no. playing an RPG. Yeah. I mean, it works in Star Wars, obviously. It's become the most successful yeah. franchise of all time, essentially. um, It's great shorthand, but when you're ex- living with a character for a greater period of time, like Luke and Han or Chewbacca, like, the characters that we follow in Star Wars, they have much more nuance yeah. than just generic. Yeah, exactly. Ch- uh, they,
1: they, can live in, they can live as they are, not you know, whatever... Yeah, the trope, the, the the genre,
2: you know, the genre tropes are exactly mm-hmm. so. When I as a player take on a Trandoshan I don't just have to fall into those tropes because I can provide more information mm-hmm. about who I am as a person mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. Trandoshan
0: right? And uh, as the game manager for our session or game master, whatever you want to call it, general manager, general manager, I'm the general really manager upsetting. of our session. yep. Um, assistant general manager. I, I'm definitely going to find a way in which that arm loss or yeah. leg loss is going to be yeah. wicked.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be good. It's gonna although, be although my answer
1: would be I didn't make a Trendosian character, <laughs> but I feel like I would lean into it, like the whole the whole like uh, slavery thing, and I feel like me interacting with the other characters that would be like my turn. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 growing in the, in the Trendosian culture of like hunting and stuff, and I'd be like I would like oh I'd lean into that, and then oh you know maybe I shouldn't do shit like that anymore. Okay, like almost like
0: a like a learning opportunity yeah, yeah, exactly. for someone who's yeah, yeah. probably been entrenched in this yeah, singular culture exactly. to kind of see an alternate approach yeah. and i always like that like those stories where you kind of soften and you know see other 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 experiences sure. and you're like oh, i'm not going to be a slave anymore mm-hmm. one thing i'm curious about and like i think this is probably cool to discuss is star wars is changing and we know this and we know there are some people that are very resistant to like th- this change on screen and stuff like that but star wars has become gigantic but also more representative in grow up if
1: you're one of those fuckers
0: (laughs) yes yeah like it's get on board it's probably time yeah um what i'm curious about is we know there's better stronger representation on screen at least with like the lead characters and stuff like that do we see star wars as a franchise and we know they have a lot of projects in store, like TV shows, things like that. There's already animated. Do we see Star Wars as, as a space where stories, like, let's say a Trandoshan who doesn't fit into the Trandoshan mold. Do we see there being, like, a place for these non-blockbuster type stories to be told in greater frequency moving forward? Like, and not just, oh, that'd be nice, but do we actually think that Star Wars will hit a place where that's possible?
2: I think that's kind of tough to say for what they're doing on screen, uh, yeah. especially given how they've reacted to the way Solo was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think certainly uh, as the uh, new canon continues to expand, I mean, like in the past with the expanded universe, we saw you know how different books could go off in different directions in RPG. Guidebooks and comics and all these things could just split off and do whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems to this point they're trying to stay more online and they've got a more cohesive story that the story group is trying to follow. Uh, But at a certain point, I would think that, yeah, you do start to branch off um, and kind of tell smaller stories and you can capture someone like a Trandoshan that breaks away from this lifestyle um, and tries to, you know, change things. But you probably do it on a smaller scale. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it has to be. It has to be in that... like the
1: television you know this this the serial serialized thing where you where you can tell like different stories and, and and i feel like writers would be bored if they just told the same thing about trandoshans mm-hmm. you know if they have to do more trandoshans character i'm sure they would like put a
2: little bit of difference in there just and it'll, it'll grow from that yeah but something like the mandalorian is like a, a the sort of space where it feels like you can bring in like a side character um Trandoshan that fits into that world Um, but also can have a little bit more nuance just because to this point, like Trandoshans like Bosk, like we've seen them on screen, but like, even when you see them on screen, like they have so little screen time that you can't develop anything, but more of a long form exploration and something like the Mandalorian gives you space to finally do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think there are plenty of characters that in their first five, 10 minutes of appearing anywhere fit into a very prescriptive mold yeah. but then it's you know with more time with movies with seasons with extra stuff written about them you realize han solo is not just the rogue yeah you know luke is not just the hero yeah. and stuff like that like you you can get a little more mm-hmm. uh, a little more complex but actually with- also in the same time you can also like
1: degrade in a certain way with, uh, with like chewbacca you know he kind of starts off more interesting like he's you know he's Spartan savvy and, like, sometimes they kind of just portray him as, like, an animal. Like, a stupid yeah. beast. Like he, when he's, like, a co pilot, you know what I mean? Like, like, like sometimes, like, you kind of uh, double down onto, onto like, the, the, the tropes. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I, I think for something like Chewbacca, it's also tricky because uh, on screen, at least for us as the viewer, yeah. there is that language barrier. We yeah, know yeah, sure. everyone on the Falcon can understand him. Yeah. Um but, you know, for us, it's, like, it, it's almost a little more slapstick yeah. at time. Yeah, he's fighting with the, the, the porgs or whatever. Right. Or, or like, even when he's been shot, yeah. like, he's in the Falcon, like, kind of throwing a fit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, he's Chewbacca, he'll yeah. be fine.
2: I mean, that seems like another interesting place where just, like, the closeness and the differenceness between the Trandoshans and the Wookiees, mm-hmm. like, comes out again. And that they're, like, from such similar places and, like, f- for the most part, like, through the Star Wars universe, everyone can speak basic except for someone yeah. like the Wookiees for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Trandoshans are, you know, they're evil, but they can still speak in basic and they can communicate mm-hmm. with us. Um, and, but I guess on screen, like, that just hasn't mattered at all. Yeah. Like, they can speak, but they don't speak. Like, we right. don't actually hear Trandoshans ever, except yeah. in, you know, one or two episodes of Clone Wars yeah. or um, Rebels, probably. Where yeah. they speak basic.
0: Yeah. 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 The boss doesn't He just... <laughs> Yeah, Bosque he just hisses. sort of yeah, hisses, hisses in the head. movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, is there is there anything else you all want to add? I mean, it, I feel like at least I've walked away with a better, more deep understanding and appreciation for for trend oceans across the board.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one other thing that I found when I was looking stuff up that um, it didn't really come up a lot, but apparently the way that the Trandoshan hands work, um, they only have the three digits. Mm -hmm. The Saur and the other species, the subspecies, of course, have four digits. For some reason, that's like the biggest difference. Okay. Um, But apparently the Trandoshans for manual labor have to have separate droids that they've built uh, that do a lot of their work because with the three digits, it's more difficult for them to do certain things. Okay. You know, I do have a droid in the RPG and that didn't really occur to me. I just learned okay. this right now. I, I thought, I thought, that would have been great if yeah, I had just th- dropped th- this th- on th- you guys. I, th- I thought you
0: like
1: planned it I was like, oh geez, that's so
2: good. <laughs> that would have been great. So I think going forward I'm going to maybe claim that that's yeah. what I was doing the entire time. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, just Bosk in particular I know has one. Um, they're called an X-10D is what the name of the droid is. They're really kind of clunky looking. They've got huge shoulders and they look like mm-hmm. they don't really have a lot of uh, flexibility to them. They're mm-hmm. kind of two-dimensional it feels like Um, but it was just kind of another interesting nuance to see uh, that they need someone else to do this manual labor for them and it kind of falls in line with the slave thing that they are recruiting Recruiting, Uh, they're having other people do their work for them that they can't do or don't want to do And I'd imagine, I mean
0: I haven't seen this droid but I'd imagine it's something to do like almost finer meticulous work whereas their fingers are maybe a little too clumsy?
2: Uh, I mean based on the picture I saw it was more of like the large lifting kind of stuff. It, okay. I'm not really... There wasn't a lot of information about it. It was like they were mentioned and like Bosk for sure has them and here's mm. like a weird sort of Clone Wars animated type picture of them. Got it. Um, So, I mean, you would think it would be for finely tuning things yeah. given the information we have about Trandosh hands, but um, from what I get gathered, that wasn't necessarily the case.
0: Okay. That's actually interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that that does... You're right. It does feel like it plays into this idea of there. there's a dependency on external labor. Yeah. uh, Whether that is slave labor or droid labor, Mm -hmm. which you can make an argument is still slave labor. Um,
1: I still don't understand it fully.
0: We can get to that when we talk about droids. (laughs) Right.
1: Like, they're sentient. I don't understand it.
0: Okay, that's a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, Hawk just showed us a picture, and it's It's great for the audio medium. Yeah. Yeah, if I can describe it quickly, it almost looks like... um, Oh my god, like a real Steel Fighter robot type thing. <laughs> it's like very stick legs. It's very blocky. Yeah, imagine like yeah. Power Loader from Aliens oh. minus the yellow. Yeah, minus the yellow. Um, yeah, that looks clunky. Yeah. It, it, it like to me that looks like something that you're right like extendy out, oh, output's I more know, power. I just got it. Wait, what? Extendi extend
1: extendy extend oh extend. shit
0: is that the fucking name of it the extendy yeah. the extendy yeah extendy fuck yeah. me god damn it yeah. that's really horrible yeah, it's horrible
2: this is only legends just so we're clear You're this right. could it's only be, in be it doesn't exist it doesn't exist i'm
0: <laughs> okay. gonna write that from your brain it's equipment no longer-
2: droid brain optional
0: <laughs> oh fuck you can keep these things really stupid yeah oh my god you know what you're right there is a valuable episode in discussing droids yeah. within star wars i don't I don't, I don't really understand it
2: it's bad yeah okay
0: yeah it, we'll get into yeah, it yeah, at yeah. some point because that's valuable and i think solo tried to make it very mainstream but even solo falls apart in its yeah. discussion of oh boy of yeah that, that's a rough so. one that's a rough one yeah. um okay any last points you all would like to make i love lizards yeah
2: uh, Gio also loves lizards
1: <laughs> I do love lizards I, I love them in a In a, in a personal way and In an intimate way And uh, you know I learned a little bit more About Trandoshans I learned that You can't uh, paint All Trandoshans With the same brush And you know what May, Maybe the reason That Trandoshan You see in the street With that grumpy face And he, it just seems like He has a whole lot On his shoulders Maybe that's not You know Maybe that's not Maybe that's just the way Trandoshans look You know what I mean
2: Are you running for office?
0: Uh, yes Trandoshan uh, mayor? Trandosha, yeah, mayor of Trandosha, yes. Excellent, yeah. excellent. You know, they already have representation in government, and it's kind of problematic. And and and, and you know what? I want your vote. <laughs>
1: you, you have representation in government. You could have more. You could have more. More, more repre- slave
0: wookies. More representation. He
1: said that. I didn't say that. I'm the one running for office. Don't put words in my mouth. Fake news. Don't say that. Okay, I won't say that. <laughs>
0: All right, folks. If that's it from you all, I think that's it from me. Goodbye. Uh, we need a, we need a, some kind of like sign off that
1: is not. No,
2: you need to have us plug ourselves. Tell oh, tell yeah, people yeah, yeah, to yeah. follow us on Twitter. Uh, you got to go around the table.
0: Oh, you're right. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. My handles are usually Cuban Lopez. I think that's what it is. Throw a hashtag, not a hashtag, and at sign Whoa. before that. Please that?
2: don't hashtag me. That'd be Terrible, yeah. um, so that's me. You can find me on Twitter at uh, hawk underscore i e y e underscore nineteen. You mm-hmm. can also find me on Instagram under the same name. Yeah, and and you can also find me on both
1: of those platforms. Uh, I think it's hoi pinoy, h o i underscore p i o p i n o y. Um, and uh, yeah, so far, uh, if any, if if I have any tours, any shows, I'll let you guys know. Check out my website, uh, uh, Trandosian Lovers. Com. <laughs> that sounds like it might be a little X-rated. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's my political platform.
0: Wow, that's yeah. certainly a URL you've chosen. Yeah. All right, so uh, that has been the first episode, at least maybe test episode, yeah. of the Creature Compendium. We'll be coming out with more episodes we're going to be diving into, not just Star Wars well, stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. We'll
2: have a Patreon set up by the time <laughs> this comes out. I promise you.
0: Wow, we okay.
2: That's my campaign. Speech. Well,
1: this could be like the test episode, and we, re- we release it on our Patreon.
0: Let's be which, okay, a- like million. the extra episode. Like, this is the right, the pilot yeah. before even the pilot.
2: And also, our tests are going to be made available. It's like 30 seconds of making sure the mic works by yeah. reading uh, Wikipedia articles wow. in which we don't know how to pronounce scientific names of species. Yeah, we sound so stupid.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, we'll be coming out with more. And thank you all for listening.
1: Yeah, goodbye.